The Pursuit of Balance podcast is brought to you by Mistakes Make Memories and is recorded at the Triple M Recording Studio. As Bob Ross once famously said, we don't have mistakes, only heavy accidents. There's something about the serendipity of life that can only be experienced for living each day as they come. Some of the best stories in our lives, a few of our greatest memories, as well as the foundations of the people we are today, come as mistakes in the moment. But as we live on and reflect, we realize each experience is a vital aspect of our lives. With that said, we want to share our message and experience with the world. We hope you enjoy and have something to take away from each episode. There may be fewer discretion advised. Sometimes arousal of emotion may come in, and topics may invade personal biases. Each experience and point of view have something that can be learned from. Freedom is something that needs to be cherished and praised, not feared, and have a weariness and anxiousness about it. Expressing one's own thoughts, opinions, and experiences is part of this life's experience. Hey, thank you for joining us here in the Pursuit of Balance podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and join us for more episodes in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Balance podcast. I'm joined here today with one of my closest friends and one of my brothers, uh, Nicholas Martin. It's Mike A. <laughs> uh, today's March 6th. No, today's March 15th, 2023. Um, it's been a pretty stressful couple weeks for me and uh yeah i'm excited to talk with him today how are you how are you doing man i'm doing good yeah yeah i'm chilling got off work had a good time <laughs> so it's good uh, how long have we known each other buddy my whole life bro. <laughs> what 20 years and three months now yeah exactly yeah it's pretty crazy yeah it is. We've grown a lot together, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've always been like best friends, though, in a way. Shared rooms together. Friends. Mm-hmm. Girlfriends sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose most of the time, but <laughs> shit happens. Facts. What's, what's one of your favorite memories that we have for favorite times? I just... I just always think back when we were little playing football, bro. Oh, yeah. All our fucking plays. Oh, my. I mean, Nerf. Nerf. That shit was good. In. <laughs> playing a lot of fucking PS3. PS3. Got that Minecraft cheese. Yeah. Black Ops 2. We're in the Nizo clan. <laughs> Nizo Apex. Nizo, uh, what was your name? A lot. I had fucking. Nizo Abyss. No. I don't even remember Nizo. <laughs> you don't remember Nizo? Nizo Nation? I don't remember mine. I don't remember yours. That was. When you, <laughs> when you scare the shit out of Nate, you know? <laughs> Nate, Nate. Our older brother Nate was. He just came home from show choir or something. He was. He was. It was like 1 a.m. And he just got home. And <laughs> Dominic Ronnebaum and I were uh, teasing Nick. And then we were just chilling. Just. Dicking around, told him, Nick, no balls, <laughs> no balls. You go into the bathroom right now. The bathroom didn't lock, so even if you tried, Nate tried to lock it, then it wasn't gonna lock. No balls. You go into the bathroom right now and scare the shit out of Nate. <laughs> Nick said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so what do what do we do? Goes in. He wasn't what? in the bathroom though. He's in his room. Oh, he's in his room. Yeah, he was. He was in his underwear on his bed. 
<laughs> Dude, what did I even say? Did I just go, ah! Yeah. Yeah. He goes, ah! 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 Mom! Nick's, Nick's just scared the shit out of me! Ah! Dude, he was jumping all over that bed. <laughs> <laughs> he was scared. He was flopping like a fish. Then <laughs> what mom comes running upstairs. What'd she say? What'd she say when she got up? Oh, I don't know. She she probably got mad at you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it. Because I, I blamed you guys for for telling me to go in there. Mom, mom, they, they dared me. They dared me. I, I had no balls. I had to do it. <laughs> Something like that. Then, then you had to go sleep in the basement all yeah. alone on yeah. the floor. Yeah. But you like sleeping on the floor. You slept on the floor. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the top bunk in our bedroom in '95, and he would sleep. Number one, he would sleep in jeans. Okay, Facts. kids, a fucking maniac. <laughs> number two, he would not sleep in his bed. He would go down on the floor, and then he would sleep down there, like I would. with no mattress even. That's facts. I would just put the comforter down. <laughs> I guess, sir. Yeah, but. Then we have a story off of that as well. What mm-hmm. happened on that floor? I was I was Snapchatting one of the girls I was talking to at the time, and we were like messing around. And I I flicked her off in the picture, and and I, it was it was dark. It was probably like ten, eleven at night at that point, and uh, and she screenshot it and sent it back to me. And up above my middle finger was this face that was just in the darkness. It was just, it was like glowing in the darkness somehow. Mm-hmm. It like, it was pitch black. I mean, it was on my fucking Asus. So it was on an Android pixelated ass phone. But still, I mean, there was yeah. still, there was a visible eyes and a visible chin. And then you could kind of make out the mouth yeah but you can see the top of the head you can see the ears you can barely see a nose but like yeah the chin of it was like almost like pointed it was pointed it was like it was like the, the typical the typical like demon that you would see you yeah. know like when you think of a demon you think of like a fucking pointy ass chin you know sharp teeth like it's kind of like that yeah but I don't know if it was I don't think it was a demon I really don't I don't either. Nothing. Terrible. We were scared that night, though. We didn't sleep. <laughs> we didn't sleep. Yeah, we had fucking scissors under our pillows. We split the scissors in half. That's true. We did split. Yeah. But yeah, we had school the next day, and yeah, we. I personally did not sleep that night. You did? You fall asleep? I think I did. We had the light on. I think I fell asleep pretty late. <laughs> you didn't sleep at all. No. I don't think I did. Damn. If I did, it was very, very short. But wow. yeah, it was it was an experience that I'll never forget. And what's your favorite thing about construction? I love I love just like I love imagining what I can do, and I love the final product. Really, like it it's actually like so satisfying. Like. Like at work, being done with the countertop and shit, and seeing how pretty their kitchen is is actually really cool. Mm. 
because a lot of the time it's one of the last steps but yeah I mean really it's just like uh I, like that that feeling of knowing how much hard work went into this shit like how much work we put into this booth how long it took yeah and just seeing how fucking dope this shit is <laughs> you know like it just opens up the ideas and like what what you're capable of doing really mm-hmm. like I think my next idea is about to be fucking nuts <laughs> yeah and just the experience of it getting better each time the experience and like you said just having that idea in your head and then putting it down on paper yeah and then being able to put the pieces together to build it like there's nothing cooler than that like yeah. that's creativity like that's Essentially, that's what a god does. Like, structurally, foundationally, it has an idea, and then it creates. Facts. Like, that's massive. That's expansionary. That's universal. Like, and we're just, we're blessed to have the mind in the background of building and doing all this. Mm-hmm. In yeah. But... Another thing that I thought of is when when I'm older, like all the experience that I'm gonna have from now, like I'm gonna be able to use all of this when I'm older. And I'm gonna be able to build my own house and build my friend's house and help them out and shit. Like I'd save a lot of fucking money in the future. <laughs> yeah. Just by being able to do the do the trades that I do. True. Just takes a lot of time. Yeah takes a lot of time but you reap what you can sell yes what, sir what's the favorite thing what's your favorite thing that we, that you've built and that we've built this booth is it yeah yeah it's pretty cool um it's basically fully isolation like you you can hear like yells and you can hear like super deep bass from super deep trucks going by but that's about it like if we're in a more secluded area or more dampening on the outside of the booth like you, yeah you can hear anything <laughs> yeah it'd be perfect mm-hmm. um the right carpet uh, that's yeah. yeah the shower that's exactly what i was trying to say bro yeah. that thing was it was like a it was at least a hundred thousand dollar bathroom. It was it was probably more like two. And there were porcelain panels along the like it's it's hard to explain, but there was a whole tub corner that had four porcelain panels wrapped along the wall. And then the shower was was uh what is it called? A steam room and so it fit at least it could have fit like four people in there definitely and just porcelain all the way up the wall um across the ceiling and it wrapped around like uh these ceiling uh beams that went across the top of the the shower like like the entrance of it it wrapped all around that and it wrapped completely around the back wall of the steam room so and we got like i believe we got like 25 
porcelain panels f- to complete that job. Yeah. Those are pretty big, too. Yeah, 4x8 sheets. 4x8, yeah, it's like drywall. Yeah. Just wow. flimsy as shit. Yeah. And when we were working on the one for the van, <laughs> that one was even scary. And that was like two feet by three feet. Yeah. <laughs> so small. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is very fragile. Yeah. It was cool doing that in the van because then, like, I could experience that while doing the floor and doing the mm-hmm. ceiling and the studs and the wall. Yeah. Everything. 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 The, bed. the metal f- work on the floor. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, I mean, really, construction, like, it goes into all aspects of life now. Like, it's needed forever. Well, yeah, it's needed, but I'm talking about, like, as well, because you're more than just a construction worker. You're more than just that. Like, you're also a musical artist, right? Right. And so, like, using that, what, left brain and then combining it with the right brain to make anything, to make music or to make the construction that we make and then combining it, like, that's it's special like it's it goes into creativity it goes into that creative force you know what I'm saying yes sir so it really goes into all the framework that we do right yeah all the creativity connects mm-hmm. yes sir and just the more that you know the the wider the the spread the wider the cloud of whatever you know? knowledge knowledge yeah energy wisdom Wisdom is the wisdom is the usage of knowledge. So, like, somebody can have copious amounts of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. But until you put that knowledge to work, putting that knowledge to work is wisdom. Mm. Didn't I know that? Yes, sir. I thought it was the same thing. Not the same. It's very similar because they correlate directly. Yeah. Who's Marty K? Marty K is me. Marty K is the balance in my music. Marty K is the middle between between positive and everything that would satisfy me in life and everything that I hate in life, everything negative. Negative as in energy emotions so what it's like it's like tree it's tri right mm-hmm. tripolar yes sir and one's neutral and one is positive and negative right yes what would you say the most used one is Marty K yeah but like which aspect of Marty K is the most used like side of it. The neutral because like um because a lot of times like I'll throw in I mean like a lot of this, my songs will sound like they're sad and but like I'll try to it like Marty K's like like bringing it to where this this negative energy or um negative 
um, experiences, yes, everything, and taking those and seeing the brighter side of it and seeing how to get out of that situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So like flipping, almost like the opposite, like, flipping, flipping a negative experience into a positive one, like something to learn from, mm-hmm. which directly correlates to like mistakes like memories. Yes. What does mistakes like memories mean to you? It means to reflect from your past. Um, our experiences in our past make who we are today and uh, our goal is to get better and grow every day evolve evolve yeah you get it on the head mistakes with memories you learn from the mistakes that you've made where those mistakes were made incidentally or on purpose or you just viewing them as a mistake is just <laughs> viewing them as a mistake is a mistake because really you labeling them that way mm-hmm. stops you from evolving. But having that mistake or that hiccup in your life, those are really like the moments that we learn the most, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go down in order to go back up. Yep. There is no extreme negative without extreme positive yes, there's no extreme positive without extreme negative yes sir who's DCI deaf child area that's my brother <laughs> my engineer the best engineer <laughs> straight out of Ohio straight out of Ohio what does DCA like what does deaf child area mean um to you it means uh well, it's probably the same definition that you have. Um, it's you've you've always explained it as um, you're you only know what what you've experienced and what what you've grown up and conditioned to be like like as a child. You only know the things that you know from your parents. And like, it just, it conditions you into who you are. And like, even like outside, like when you're grown up and shit, like you learn so many things that you never even thought you'd know or were even a thing at all, really. Yeah. And these are external from the way that you were brought up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's massive, dude. I mean, you hit it on the head again, like. It's really cool that you know that stuff. Well, I learned all of it from you, man. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that we were brought up on that was so negative and viewed like a terrible thing was the usage of THC. Like, I remember at one point, and this is not bashing my parents at all. This is the way that society viewed it, the way that every, like, a lot of stuff viewed THC was it's terrible. It's the devil's lettuce for a reason. Like it can, it kills people every year. It does all this shit. But in actuality, like that was just a fear mongering tactic. That was just something that 
They just didn't want us to use it. And they did it by doing, by saying these things. Yeah, our parents were pretty against it. I mean, I was, I started smoking when I was young. I was too young. And, um, I don't know, what was their view? They didn't. They didn't, they they were ignorant to it. They were, they just listened to the way that society was telling them and what the government was saying to them. Like, don't use it. Like, it's going to melt your brain. It's going to do all this. Yeah, I don't know how much experience they really have with that. I know that dad started taking his gummies now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just edibles, but. Just edibles to help them fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But. Culturally, like in society today, like if you if you would have told people 20 years ago that weed was going to be legal in as many states as it is now, and this, this, and this were going to happen, they'd be like, fuck off. You're lying. Yeah. Do you, like, what's, do you regret, like, starting as young as you did? I, I don't, I've never really regretted it at all. But what it does is, is it, it's, it makes you dependent on it, really, once you get into it enough. I mean, a lot of experiences with it are very different between people. Um, some people are scared, but, um, it, it has been benefit to my mental health and it has also destroyed it at the same time, really. Like, dependency, like, I, I feel that dependency by, like, if I went today without smoking, if I go tonight without smoking, like, there is a whole shift in my attitude, and it's, it's unlike anything, bro, like, it's, as soon as I hit that shit, I'm fine. I'm literally, I'm literally okay. Like everything, like I, I can bring a smile directly to my face by a joke that could have been made five minutes ago before I hit it. And I would have been, I would have been in this horrible mood. Like I probably wouldn't have said anything. I would have been straight face, like Hmm. all stuck in my head and shit. And really like when I get to that point, right there before I hit the THC I'm like I'm in such a bad mood and like literally if I hit this I will be in a better fucking mood like bro it is it's unreal yeah I mean <laughs> it it takes control it, it can for sure and it's just preach you've been you've been on both you've been on you've been on pharmaceuticals and now you've been on the THC you have a med card in Ohio you had it for a year and a half now yep what's the difference between the two like so I was believe the medic medicine that I was prescribed for my bipolar was uh, Zoloft what age I was 17 I was 17 and um it 
it wouldn't allow me to to have those feelings really like if there was a situation that I would or an experience that I would normally cry from I, I literally like couldn't cry it was Uh, yeah it it was like like numbed it just completely numbed me really and like how am I supposed back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago how am I supposed to learn and reflect if everything is just getting numbed out if I'm just moving on just saying okay things like just not feeling not feeling what I should have been feeling. Especially in that stage of your life. Like, yeah. It, I didn't have the longest experience with it. I mean, I was, I was on it for, I think a month. I believe I was on it for a month and like a week. And, um, and my doctor wanted to get me doing that and therapy and I didn't want to do therapy. And um, my parents thought that if if we weren't doing therapy, then there was no point to doing any of it. So, so just to build off of that real quick. Yeah. For them not to give you therapy, or for you not to do therapy while on those pills, I would actually agree with our parents' decision on that because you're not supposed to be on those pills forever. Mm -hmm. And having a therapist while on those pills is the only, if it's a good therapist, that's the only way to break off those pills. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think one of the ways that people abuse them, people get addicted to them heavily is when you don't have that that therapy session. And just create something. Facade, yeah, of the pill, of the pill, and you depending on it, yeah. Like you don't need, essentially, you don't need that pill. Like yes, it's gonna make you, it's gonna make you better. It's gonna make you think you're better. It's not gonna make you better. It's gonna make you think you're better. And it's just like the THC. Like, yeah, it is. You build up that that dependency. Like you can become addicted to anything if it gives you that brain effect. If, when you're on those pills, you're only on them for five weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come off those pills. What is the come down like? What is the... Well, I was... It wasn't like... I believe normal. normally doctors would tell you to ease off of it. Maybe take one every other day or take half type of thing. I don't think they would just. You're done. You're unless done. Emergency or yeah, unless there's an emergency or something. So I think it, it was getting used to my body. My body was getting used to it, and it was completely gone. And I had, I had a lot of the. Um, yeah, a lot of the side effects. I had. I had all of them, man. I was very upset. That shit. It was like my... 
my bipolar like increased. It was, it was fucked for a bit there. I was on, I was on some type of ADD oh, yeah. medicine, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade. I Until still, and it's, I believe that it's still the reason I eat the way I do today. I was told that something like you're not you're not gonna be your appetite's gonna be killed and it it surely enough it destroyed my appetite at school like from fifth grade all the way to senior year you had it for that long no no i had it from fifth grade to sixth grade but it was on and off and they would only have me take it for baseball sometimes or they it was it was different and like I'd go all fucking day playing playing baseball on that shit. It'd be late at night, and one, of course, I'm gonna be fucking hungry. I was just playing all that baseball, and two, but like like our parents see me see me then eating and shit. Like whenever parents see me, I was eating, so like they thought everything was normal. And I mean, like I was eating a shit ton too. Like I've always ate a lot. Yeah. At those times, we called him, we called him the esophagus mm-hmm. when he was smaller. Back in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I'd pack my lunch every day, and I'd eat it. Maybe sixth grade, I'd probably eat it three, three out of the five days. Seventh grade, man, maybe the same, but eighth grade, no. Nah. You stopped eating lunch. Yeah. I really I really didn't. Um and then high school I I probably I probably ate less than fifty lunches, bro. Probably less than less than less than twenty. Like not eating breakfast, lunch, and then coming home and eating dinner. And to this day, I won't have breakfast lunch and some days I don't eat until like midnight yeah I mean I think on the weekends on the weekends you'll eat yeah like middays sometimes that's what it's always been mm. from baseball that's what it's always been right mm. what do you think what do you think about that do you think that's likely <laughs> yeah definitely I mean you were, con- yeah, you were conditioned into this, into this way, in fifth grade, like fifth grade, very important year of your life, all the way up until seventh grade, like yeah, those are your developmental years, like that's really, like into your teens, that's when you're really developing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And, but with that said, just because you're a product of your environment when you're at that age there becomes an age when you're not a product of your environment you're a product you're a product of your conditioning right Mm -hmm. and this is the way that it is for so many people still to this day they could be 50 years old they could be 80 years old and the way that they're brought up and the way that they're conditioned still runs the majority of their lives like this is crazy this crazy stat so I'm recording this after the fact because I want to get this quote right But speaking of the majority, 
Most people think 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 90% of these thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before. So if thoughts control your own universe, past, present, and future, life won't change very much based on the previous statement. And this is based off of Hebb's law. Hebb's law says nerve cells that fire together, wire together. So hardwiring your brain into a finite structure. There's this law of the 35 year old rule. And this is where the hardwired brain becomes a sense of the self. It becomes attached to the way that you think, feel and act. Essentially, you become a memorization of behaviors. And if you remember, or if you've seen my uh, plastic breakdown where I went and interviewed this woman at the mall uh, and she had her child with her she was about 13. The mom was, I don't know, 30s, maybe 40s. Um, she, I asked her what she thinks that we could do about plastic production and what it's doing to the environment, to the world. And she said essentially nothing, uh, no big deal. But she believes this because growing up, she was a product of propaganda. She was a product of this conditioning from these major companies spending millions and millions of dollars, which I've gotten into on the Pursuit of Balance on Instagram. Check it out, but back to the podcast. And so to break free of that conditioning and to break free of the thoughts that you're having, then that is how you change the external. That is how you change what's going on externally from you. Absolutely correct. So when you're in fifth grade or sixth grade, and you're not eating lunch because you're not hungry from the medication that you're taking. Mm-hmm. And you do this for two years straight. And then two years in not the prime of your development, but two very foundational years of your development. And you go on in seventh grade. You're like, wow, I'm not hungry. Like, I don't, I don't need lunch, mom. Like, don't pack my lunch. I'm okay. Like. If I get some, maybe I'll grab a bag of chips or something. Keep going, keep going. Ninth grade, 10th grade. I'm not hungry. I just don't have that hunger because I wasn't hungry at school the years before that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It builds off of each other. But yeah, I mean, are you in school now? Nope. You're just conditioned. You're just a uh, product of your conditioning. You're a product of the environment that you're raised in. So, although that you very well can still have those effects, mm-hmm. you just have to learn how to develop and how to come out of those. If if you find that as a benefit, if it doesn't work, don't stick to it. Dog or Pavlo's dog, I should say. That's that's one of the craziest conditioning uh, like things that we've ever experienced, right? But speaking of conditioning, okay, just uh, yeah. break out of break out of this and go back to like the THC and uh, the cultural conditioning. Scientists have been experimenting with with mycelium and uh, mushrooms to see what kind of effects they could do immunologically and you know health wise for humans. So they put a hundred rats into a, a a metal cage, and on this metal cage was a floor. And there was like jumper cables essentially hooked up into it. So it sent a shock wave. And so every single time that these scientists was to ring a bell, it was like, ting, ting. 
the the ground would become electrical and all the mice would get shocked not like a deathly amount of shock right just like enough shock to yeah. scare the piss out of them yeah so after like 10 rings these mice are going to cower in fear because they're afraid they're a product of their environment like that's nature okay so they go on and then they stop shocking them or during the bell and they would still cower in fear so they split they split them up into different groups right the controls and two different variations mm-hmm. one was given nothing no medication at all one was giving a high dose of psilocybin mushrooms and then one was giving a micro dose of psilocybin mushrooms so a high dose is over one gram of psilocybin and a low dose is below that it's like one tenth of a gram so they go through the rotation again of these three different cages with the metal bell and the the vibration that you think they would have because they're conditioned to believe this right 10 rotations in the ones that don't have any psilocybin in them stop cowering in fear it takes 10 rotations seven to eight rotations the ones that had a high dose of psilocybin stopped cowering in fear two to three rotations of the bell with no electrical shock and the ones that had the microdose were essentially healed from ptsd wow two to three two to three compared to eight and ten compared to eight to ten mice are one of the foundational animals that we use because they can correlate so well to us Mm -hmm. and same with like bees and a few other ones but I mean just the fact the fact that it took one fifth of the time to break conditioning to break this PTSD brain transmission uh, pathway in your in the mice's brain it's just mind-boggling it is and yet we look at these things as if once again it's the devil's it's the devil's making it's devil's lettuce it's you can't take psilocybin because it's going to melt your brain. No, no. If, you, if you're in a bad set, you're in a bad setting, sure, you're going to have a bad experience on these mushrooms. And it gives mushrooms a terrible rep. Mm-hmm. But we've used them for thousands and thousands of years. They're shamans from before Christ was born using these and spiritual practices and stuff you yeah. know what i mean if you use it correctly it can be a wonderful growing experience absolutely and i don't i don't think kids below our age or our age maybe they shouldn't be using it i'm that's not up to me 21 you should be able to do what you do what you want but the brain doesn't st- stop developing until 25 so use it as you will but Emilogically, using them instead of certain things. Like, there's also studies of them helping with anxiety and helping with eating disorders and helping with, like I said, PTSD. Not sure about the bipolar, Mm -hmm. but I mean, fuck, dude. I have another little experiment. I can't fucking remember if it's like fleas or flies maybe like grasshoppers or something Mm -hmm. but if you put 
if you put those those fleas in in a jar with the lid on and you know they're gonna continually try to fly out they're gonna keep hitting that top they're gonna keep hitting the glass and they can't get out and if you open that jar the next day they will not even try to fly they can't they don't they don't think they can they think they're stuck in this environment forever wow because of the conditioning it's extraordinary yeah just shows like once again the mental and the the first law of the universe having the the mentalism whatever you think is how it's gonna be in your reality essentially exactly if you don't think you can go past the level that you're at well that's what's holding you back right there it's not that you're incapable no you're incapable of thinking that you're more than that that's a huge that's a huge shame that's a huge shame this man's speaking facts listen to that again (laughs) that shit really helps me grow a lot when I realize that that shit was like like my probably my junior senior year and it was really just when a lot of that I was just able to see so much more positivity for him it was a lot made things a lot better for him to grow yeah like I was saying like a couple months ago the cloud of not only creativity which the creativity cloud something that we can all tap into at any time right Mm -hmm. the cloud of potential energy above everybody's head is just as vast as the universe let that sink in Mm -hmm. let that sink in the universe is ever expanding which means as above so below the law of correspondence The potential energy that is above everybody's head on this earth is ever expanding. Nobody's ever set in a way. No one's ever trapped because we're ever expanding. Everything is. That's mind boggling. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Absolutely right though. You can do anything that you want to in this life. Yeah. And your mind makes it so. Yep. You create your own purpose. 